Welcome to a new episode of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This week, we're featuring a special talk between filmmakers Jane Campion and Sofia Coppola from the 59th New York Film Festival. Following her Best Director win at this year's Venice Film Festival, Jane Campion returned to NYFF with her first feature since 2009's Bright Star. The Power of the Dog was the centerpiece selection of NYFF 59. Known for her incisive portraits of womanhood, Campion turns her lens to masculinity in this new film, which adapts Thomas Savage's 1967 novel of the same name. The results are thrilling. The Power of the Dog is a mesmerizing, psychologically rich variation on the American Western and a compassionate examination of repressed sexuality and the fragility of patriarchy. We were thrilled to welcome the legendary New Zealand director for an extended conversation with Sofia Coppola about this latest entry in Cambion's masterful, decade-spanning career. The Power of the Dog is now playing on Netflix. NYFF Talks were presented by HBO. Thank you. I'm so happy that I get to sit and talk to Jane today and ask you questions. And I think we're going to have questions from the audience at the end. But um, Jane is me too. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's so nice to see. And and obviously, Jane is a hero. But I I feel like you're like a big sister of mine in film and someone um, that I admire. But also uh, that after meeting you, I was so happy that you're so warm and encouraging and welcoming and um and of course your work means so much to me so i'm i'm so happy to see you and talk to you when i first went to um la i think um meg was hosting me and she said would you would you like to invite or do you want to meet anybody anyone you want who do you you want to meet and i would say i want to meet sophia um because i love her film virgin suicides it's Aww. it's amazing and so uh, yeah Aww, thank you <laughs> thank you well yeah I was trying to gush too much and get to some questions but I you're such a hero and I just growing up in the 70s and 80s with a lot of macho dude directors and and then you know Jane came out and was like just as strong as them in her own way made such a huge impression on me and was so encouraging that um to tell my point of view. So thank you for that, <laughs> for being a, a cool powerhouse. Um, but I uh, I was so thrilled to see your film last night, it, to see it on the big screen. It was so beautiful and um, so intense. And, and it shows all these things under the surface that I feel like you you see in families and in life, but you, it's hard to articulate. So to see that, you're so great at, at expressing that. And, and I really felt what the characters were going through and just so much with Kirsten and her experience. And I, I remember years ago you talking about, I remember you telling me about a book that you were trying to get the rights and you were thinking of, and I, it sounded like there was um, a process. It wasn't just obvious that you just got this book. How did you find this book and, and how, and how, and how did you start this process? Yeah, so I think I like the how how did it all begin story is, is always really interesting when it comes to a film. And I had the joy of just um, reading The Power of the Dog as a novel. Um, and that's something I found harder and harder to do is like find a novel that I just love. How did you find it? Um, my uh, stepmother, my dad's um, second wife, sent it to me because she's a big, she teaches English and she's a big lover of books. And so she just, you know, sent it to me in Sydney and said, hey, you might like this. And um, I looked at it and went, oh, okay. And I just read it. 
and when I say read it, I mean I read it from beginning to end like really quickly because it, it has a really propulsive kind of uh, storytelling in it but also had the feeling like the person who wrote this lived it. And I had this wonderful afterward by Annie Prue, who I adore. I mean, sits up in a ditch. It's like one of my absolutely favourite short stories. Yeah. And she put in perspective um, who Thomas Savage was and as a you know gay man back in, um, born in 1915. Um, when was the book written? The book was 1967. Yeah. So um, actually several people had tried to... Um, or had owned the rights to the book, but they never found that moment to make it. And uh, Paul Newman was one of the oh, wow. uh, interested parties. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wasn't really thinking about making a film. I was, like, exhausted from doing the Top of Lake series. And, you know, like, you've just finished that and you're like, oh, shit, that was, like, a lot of work. <laughs> I <just> killed myself. <laughs> so... I wasn't really, but everyone else was talking about what they're doing next, and I was feeling like left out. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, I, I feel like I should have a, a better creation story, like a better like attitude to it. But <laughs> there's this big unwillingness part in me, and there's this big um, what because once I get my teeth on a bone, I can't let go. Yeah. And it, you know that feeling like if you're going to yeah. do it, it has to be done like yeah, once well, and it's going to take everything out of you. Yeah. So you get your ginger. I feel a bit gingery about like, will I do it? <laughs> but I can. I couldn't stop thinking about the themes in the book. Um, like this book starts off with um, how how to castrate how, how to castrate a cow, you know, a, a steer, and um, you know, from the point of view of an experienced rancher, and it just went like, oh my god. Okay, so we're muting masculinity, you know. That's pretty interesting, like yeah. right off, and 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 you know, that was the beginning. And we did actually start the film that way too, but it, it felt like it'd be better to use it as like they're doing that castrating as Peter arrives at the ranch. Yeah. Was that real? The film? No. no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I looked away. I looked away. Yeah, no, that they're all fake things, and and <laughs> the cow. It, yeah, it's like there's a lot of. Um, protection in place for animals, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, so that um, selfish, greedy filmmakers can't just do whatever they want. And um, you, when you were editing, had you tried opening it with that and decided? Yeah, we did try. The script started uh, with that. I knew that, but there was many reasons. I just felt the beginning of the film was too long. It's like someone was talking today about, um, like, how do you, you you know, once you've filmed your film, how do you come to find the shape again in the editing? Do you always work with the same editor? No, this was a really a new experience with a guy called Pierce Gibberis who was just amazing, and we were doing it in the middle of the pandemic. So the relationship started, like, both of us felt quite shy because it's very intimate, the editing experience, don't you think? Yeah. And, like, you feel a yeah. bit ashamed of what you've managed to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, this is what we've brought. Yeah, I always like, feel like it's sorry a mess. About yeah. There's always a lot of mistakes. And, you know, yeah, just... I, I always work with the same one, so there's a comfort in showing the, the mess and they help you put it together. But I can imagine, yeah, yeah. with someone. Like, I'm like, um, were you and doing also it was like all these guys, you know, it was like just guys. I mean, I, was, I, was, I don't know what I think guys are. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, it's a guy <laughs> editor. There were two guys, yeah. 
um, guy assistant and a guy editor, and I didn't know either of them, so I got myself a, a, a sidekick woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prisca, who was like a, you know, I was supposed to be mentoring, but she's already like a genius anyway. So mm. to sit next to me and hold my hand more or less. I mean, see what yeah. a baby I am. But um, No, that's good to know that. Yeah, and then like getting myself comfortable. You know how hard it is. Like if I'm not comfortable, I can't, yeah. I can't handle things. Yeah. So I, I know to do that, you know, to just be a little bit weird and get what I need. But are you more comfortable on set than in the editing room? Well, I ended up being, like, super comfortable. I loved Peter in the end. But, I, you know, all I got to know was, like, his head looking down because we had to have, you know, he was in, I think, Sydney when we started, or Melbourne when we started. But you were doing it remotely? We started remotely. Wow. And then he had to come to New Zealand and be for two weeks in quarantine. And it was just sort of this head looking down as he was working. Wow. And um, we got kind of into this just gorgeous thing where – it's just the work. We're just going like, hate that shot. Like, yeah, it doesn't do much, you know, next one. Were you on the same <laughs> same page right away? Like, very, you know, very much so. We both had the same attitude. Like, it's the work. Let's just do it. But you like the same performances we and did. shots. Yes, yeah. that's a very, yeah. that would be scary. Yeah, yeah, that would be. <laughs> How did you, you ever had that? Um, no, I worked with Sarah so long that we're on the same page, but I remember having an editor once that didn't have, didn't have good rhythm. So I'd always be like, I wanted them to cut one place and it, it wasn't but um but no luckily I, yeah. I worked with the same one a long time but um how did you how did you pick him well I liked um the work that he'd done um for David Me show um, on I think it's the war machine and the king but more so that David Me show just said this is the best human being ever in the world and I love him and it's the reason why I can handle shooting um, so I thought it was pretty high praise, and um, and when I when I met him, you know, he's a really funny guy. And when we finally got in the room together, even though there's a few shy moments, um, yeah, you got in your groove. Yeah, it was it was really it was really fun, and he's just an amazing human who looks after all his crew and such a kind. And I, I learned so much from him. He's such yeah. a kind person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's so cool. But how did it work when, when, during, shooting during the pandemic? And didn't you guys get shut down? For, how long yeah. did you have a break? How did the the shoot work? The shoot worked like um, we started off with our exteriors. And uh, as you can see, it was an enormous build. And it was really terrifying to me that, you know, like I think we started the build in September and we were did shooting you build in January. The we ranch house? Last year. Oh, wow. And the um, barn and... Um, the yards, the cattle yards, I mean, everything had to be aged as well as conceived as a 1920, well, I shouldn't, um, 1895 kind of, um, or 1885 building. Wow. Um, I, I was working with Grant Major, who not only did an angel at my table, that was our first, oh, almost wow. our first project together. Did you Have you always worked together? No, oh. but there was a second opportunity, and he was like yeah. a, a big lover of the script, so... So he really got it wrong. He also did Lord of the Rings, so you know, wow, <laughs> quite capable. So he had it. Yeah, he had a team. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, he's a legendary New Zealander. He's like um, Hillary, you know, Edmund Hillary. It's just like so understated, and um, and 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 his work ethic is like scary. He starts at seven a.m. and finishes at seven p.m. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, but you want that I, I, kind of person on your team. Yeah, you want them on your team. <laughs> so you started with all the ranch, and then how long did you film? And how long was your break? 
what happened was that we finished the exteriors of the shoot, which was kind of extraordinarily lucky. And I was very anxious um, going into it because we really had no wet weather cover. I don't know if you've done oh, yeah. a film with a lot of um, weather issues. It makes you yeah. very anxious because you're <laughs> yeah. always going like, oh, are we going to be shooting this today or not today or, you know, yeah. Uh, um, but because the interiors were in another, their like, interiors were going to be in Auckland, <laughs> and we were, we had one day we had to shift around, and there was a half day that we thought we might be able to shoot, but actually we got through, and the weather like gave us all its blessings, and you know, did you do a ritual before? We the, did actually. <laughs> <laughs> we got a Mary blessing. Oh, good. Yeah, by some. Um, gorgeous Maori elders uh, from the area and um, they, it does actually really focus everybody in such a beautiful way and they did a hangi and yeah. they'd be prayer for us. Oh, that's good. Uh, they didn't couldn't imagine doing a prayer for COVID, so uh, yeah, they, they fixed the weather. Oh, good. <laughs> and then when we finished that uh, exterior um, shoot, I remember saying, was it maybe to you, Tanya, or to you, Ari, um, oh, oh, my God, I'm so relieved. That's over we have now. What can go wrong now? You oh, know? no. And I really did say that. And then two weeks later, we were shut down. I mean, it, it happened so fast. And yeah. Even as remote as New Zealand is, wow. we had a week in between and our crew went off to, you know, Australia and America. And, and the actors um, went back home. Yeah, and then we were like going, oh, my God, someone's gone. And, you know, like, oh, no. And now they COVID and blah. And, and then it, how and then it took you? about a, three or four or five days to test for COVID and but we thought we could get through, but then I think um, a few days uh, into the shooting, it just became more and more clear that this was a worldwide um, yeah. catastrophe event that people were dying and, the, you know, yeah, we were shut down and the whole country was shut down and it was like that for uh, about 10 weeks. But we had this amazing prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> Jacinda Ahern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, she she just really got on and, 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 and organised it so that the shutdown was so thorough that in 10 weeks later the, the country was clean of COVID. And you, so you started right back after it, it, a few months? Like, I think it was more like three months, was it? Wow. But did you know when you were going to be able to start again? Or you, you Not just exactly. Kind of, well, we had to do a little bit of like, you know, I tried to do some political work. Talking to ministers and begging and carrying on. Yeah. Like, you know, am I going to lose my active, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine that hitting in the middle of a shoot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, in some ways you're so exhausted when you're shooting. You're yeah. sort of like, oh, I can sleep. Yeah. For uh, <laughs> 10 weeks. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that should, we should always. And there was a part of the up. whole shutdown process for me that was like I'd, I'd never experienced before being so relaxed. Oh, just being just like not knowing what, not having to do anything, yeah, and not being, knowing what I was going to do, or knowing I wasn't yeah. going to do anything, yeah. <laughs> it was like a snow day for, yeah, you yeah. get to stay in and not have to be productive, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so, like, I always feel like a little anxiety in my body, like, what's next, you know, oh, or like, oh, I'm late for this next thing, yeah, I'm supposed to, I have told myself I'm supposed to be doing, yeah, it's hard to, it's I feel like it's hard to really take a day off. I didn't know if that yeah. was universal but even like I, I even feel guilty seeing movies during the day even though it's like this is my job I should that should be work but I I hear my mother's voice saying it's beautiful you should be outside you shouldn't be inside watching a movie that's what there should be so yeah they, yeah they sort of like dissolved a bit yeah and you know hopefully that will stay with me forever now that you know I just don't have to have the next thing haunting me 
Do you feel much looser now? Can you enjoy that you've made this beautiful film and and you can take a break, or you do you have that pressure and anxiety of what's the next thing? I don't have that. <laughs> well, you, not yet. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't have that yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Like I, I, I think I feel like I learned. I mean, it's probably not. I don't know if you guys are interested in personal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel like I learned something making this film that was really precious to me, and it was about. Um, how I focus and you know like one of my ways of living had been like work really hard and then just like flop down you know yeah <laughs> and like just you know like lose brain cells on a daily basis you know so I was like hardly able to put a sentence together by oh. the end of a month or something so just one extreme to the other yeah from one yeah. extreme to the other and it, it didn't feel like it was um the greatest way to be but what I found about <laughs> what, I, what I found about what I learned on this project was yeah. how how nice it is to you know cherish your focus and um, keep your energy up and not have this idea of like flopping down. Oh, I've got to flop down, please let me. And just just to really enjoy that actually you know to lead a life you need energy and focus all the time. And, and, and to pace um, yourself and like yeah, when you were shooting and, and actually it's not, it's not about the shooting but when I'm not doing this film now I, I still use my you know energy and focus but it's it's just towards something towards yeah. something else yeah. yeah so I'm never going to do that oh I'm retiring now oh I'm like unplugging yeah <laughs> I'm depowering and you know that but do you have certain to life but there are things you do to like charge your battery up you know in between things or you just well, I used to just unplug. Yeah. <laughs> but did you feel when you when you were shooting, it was a different experience? Oh, do you enjoy shooting? Yes. Or do you, is it like a marathon? I do sometimes you want to get enjoy shooting. Sometimes it feels like such a marathon. It's like, yeah. oh, what scene is it today? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember I always mean, no, checking out. really disappointing. But, I mean, other times, you know, it's, it's, as much as it – and if it's a scene you really care yeah. about, that's really Exciting tough. to see. Yeah. It's really tough because you really – want to enjoy working on it but you know how crucial the scene is so you're just going like gee i hope we all get this together because the yeah. film will be oh. fucked if we don't i, I um, <laughs> no i love this the scene where kirsten and jesse are dancing that's the scene I'm oh my god that made me about. cry it yeah. was so touching it's did you was so that in tender. in the book yes it is in the book and, i mean they don't dance in the book um it's, it's he just walks off a little bit and says that um and you just thought of I thought adding the dance add that, yeah. Oh, it was so touching. Yeah, I always had this sort of feeling mm. of the little wedding, the little Moment. wedding couple on top of the cake. Yeah. And we were going to make it snow, and then I just thought the colours were so lovely the way they were. and Yeah. But, um, I mean, I don't know why I was worried. You know, when you work with Jesse Clemens, who's just so grounded and so present always, he's just such a gift. He's great. And also with Kirsten. Yeah. That um, they just bring that you know beautiful energy and focus to things, and yeah, and they were you know, so also that too. was a difficult scene. There's a lot of material being shot there, and we all in, in the end we all had to shoot it within about an hour and a half. That one scene, yeah, for the light, you know. Oh, it looked beautiful. Yeah, and I'm going like, oh, I wish I could think of a way of doing this in one shot. Like I'm such a failure. Why can't I think of things like? That? Yeah. And you know how you think, like, yeah. why, why wasn't it in one shot? You know, like that's what a real director would do. Right? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, so I figure it out. But then I just thought, oh, 
I, yeah, maybe I'm not a real director, but I'll no. do it this way. <laughs> do, you, do you, one of the things that gives me the most anxiety is coverage and like the oh, math. My God, I can't believe you're saying that because I sewed my, your coverage. It feels so effortless. Oh my God. Thank you. I feel like it's like an algebra problem. It's so, um, yeah, that, that stresses you me out. algebra look so easy. Oh no, thank yeah, you. Really, yeah, but I think that's the hardest it's the hardest thing. thing. I mean, do you, you know, you, I cherish the days when I didn't understand that there was such a thing as coverage. <laughs> when I first started making films, yeah, um, I was true. like super eight, and I thought, if that's what true. I'm looking at is yeah. in the frame, this that is works. a success. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And it's also um, exposed. Yeah, and we would actually go like, "Hooray! We've got exposure!" You know, on the super eight camera. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember someone saying to me, like, "Who'd been to the London Film School?" Like this big guy. He said he looked at it, and you know, I was like showing it to everybody. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. And he said, um, "Have you thought about using some wide shots?" Mm. Oh, what's he talking about? Mm. <laughs> what's the matter with them? They're all in the same frame. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just couldn't get that concept and then when I yeah. got the concept there was all these different lenses I was like uh, oh shit option. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is destroying the fun completely oh. I know oh, no, what a lot of choices and I've never got over that yeah yeah and so. I still <laughs> if there's a dinner scene which I've done a million times I still have a panic you still freak that, out yeah it's so complicated. with all the people around a table that's so, like how many sides you have to shoot for the eyeline and so yeah confusing and, and then, I spent hours thinking about coverage really I mean Ari and I spent a month solidly just sharing the problem how, and, how, oh yeah. sorry how did you how did you meet Ari and um did you is this the first time you've worked together uh, yeah, we did work on a commercial together. Ari was a friend of, um, an assistant of mine who's also a filmmaker, um, Paola Morabito. Does anyone know her here? She actually is the most connected person in the world. I'd be surprised if one <laughs> someone here who doesn't know her. But um, she told me about Ari and raved to me about her and how I had to meet her and then we did. And so I, I only made one commercial. And she said, oh, it was so beautiful. I loved how you shot the the chair coming out and the and the super like the real really tight close ups and did you find the look as you were making it or did you have an idea before of what you thought yeah it was look like that Ari and I really talked about a lot and um, discussed actually we were looking at I think a DOP work that you worked with yeah Harry Savides Harry Savides oh, oh, we we were haunting him oh, we were like Harris. following him and going like and he just talked about economy you know like just making keep it, it simple here yeah keeping saying. it really simple but yeah. of course his idea of simplicity is so beautiful yeah but that that voice was really in my ear like you know just keep it simple and keep the shots going as long as you can yeah you know um yeah, yeah. the economy of um storytelling yeah you know, I think it's really what I treasure. Yeah, I, I love that about the yeah. film. But I'm so surprised to hear you struggle with that. Covered? Yeah. <laughs> well, Harris, um, when I worked with Harris, we, we were like, how do we do that? How do we shoot something as as simply as we can with the least amount of coverage? And we like made this assignment on, our, on my film somewhere. And it was, it was so fun to think about how few shots we could actually tell a story in. And, yeah. and that was the part that bogged us down. And I, and I love his his idea of just keep it simple and um, and how simply you can tell a story and um, so yeah. it's a fun exercise. I mean, sometimes I also sort of struggle with points of view. Like um, I felt like our story, because of 
the book um, really zones in on different characters' point of view. So does it switch between? Yeah, it does no. really a little bit, and we certainly, you know, Tanya and I were thinking about how best to um, organize the script that to really take that in there. Like I love the sort of quality of the figure of eight that you get through switching continuously with yeah. you know, the points of view um, and telling the story that way. So we had to keep, like, you know, coming in on a character. And also because um, Ben's character, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, is, um, like, a very difficult character to like. And a lot of people might yeah. say, oh, he's so awful, I don't want to watch what he's up to. Or I thought he was fascinating and he's so <laughs> scary. But then I love that you showed where his pain was coming from. Yeah. And yeah, you don't usually see the villains uh, wounds, I think, in that way, and, and I loved how it shifted. And I didn't realize that the boy would be such a central character. When you were shooting a scene, did you know, like, in this scene, let's focus on Kirsten? Okay, this this scene's going to be told from her point of view. Like, did you know which character's point of view you were in in a particular section? Yes, yeah, so like a section would be begin like when uh, Kirsten arrived at at the homestead, um, and she. Um, you know, was getting to know the place. So we took her point of view so we'd get to know the place, you know, through, through her. her eyes. And, you know, the piano was coming in and that whole challenge to sort of try and be someone who could play oh, for I the love, governor. I love when he was taunting her with the banjo. It was so heart-wrenching and awful. Yeah. And that sort of underground um, way of him ghosting her and, like, un unhinging. destabilizing yeah. her. Yeah. You're so, so good. Awful. You're so good at that. It reminded me also of Harvey Keitel. And, and like the, just that character and in, in to the piano like that you know that character so well it was is it, is it based on and you don't have to say are they ever based on people well you know um experience? i didn't know myself for a long time how deep this um story goes for me but i actually had an evil nanny oh. <laughs> that was who was like from the age of five to the age of about um 11 my sister and I had to deal with her, and she was um, a little bitch or a little cunt, I have to say. And she was a disturbed person, and she would, like, separate us from our parents and you know, not let us near them, and we were told we were never allowed to say anything about her. And and also she would get violent, and she actually whipped me once, you know. Oh, wow. With a horse whip. And, you know, I had welts on it, and she said, if you ever tell anybody, I'm going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we wow. had – she lived in our house, and – you know, it was she scary. Was, like, we had to handle this horrible other secret world that we didn't want to, but we were so afraid. Wow. Um, I, was, I mean, I was really afraid that even if I told my parents, they wouldn't believe us. Um, so, in a way, I understood that. Um, yeah, I realized, oh, I know Phil. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really know Phil. So, I mean, you know, from the other side. And, yeah. you know, I remember always knowing where she was in the house, you know. Like that's I wouldn't, I would think, oh, she's up in that bedroom. Okay, so I can be okay here. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's so scary. it was actually yeah. really haunting. And you know, she actually died um, from some disease. She had. It was really tragic and horrible. But we didn't care. We were so happy she was dead. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> knew it was the scary nanny. We yeah. just. We, and then my mum said to. Us because it actually got on really well with my oh she was my brother's like you know mother another mother oh. and you know it was all like love between them and just like we just 
it was a really horrible sort of meditation him a bit too. Oh, because she, the nanny was nice to your, your brother, but Looking not the girl. Brother, she came to look after him as a baby. Yeah. Oh. And then, um, yeah, when she did die, my mum came into the room. I can just remember her coming and saying like. Oh, I'm really sorry to tell you this terrible news. <laughs> and you guys rejoiced. <laughs> Iris is dead. And it was like the fucking witch has died. You know, we went uh, like. And she had no idea. We're happy. You know. <laughs> and your mother had no idea. She was like. Wow. She was saying, oh, you girls. <laughs> and then she then she said, well, you, you know, you, well, you're going to come to the funeral. She said, we will not. We're, uh, we're happy she's dead. We're happy she's dead. <laughs> the witch is gone. Yeah. That's and so I, interesting. It's a big thing for our family. Like. I think my parents never really wanted to acknowledge that it actually happened. Yeah. I remember. Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure. Intense. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. How did and, you... and that's why I'm so weird and difficult. No. <laughs> but you, you, it definitely feels like you're in touch with um, yeah. the, the dark side in a good way. But it's funny how you didn't, I didn't see that. Until later. With. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. But you, do, there's an attraction to it because you somehow know you know. Yeah, do you feel like with projects you're attracted to them and then later you see why you were? Well, well, or do you this, try to understand case, it? I didn't get yeah. it until later. Yeah. I mean, not uh, it was before I was filming, but... Hi, I'm Clinton Crute. And I'm Devika Girish. We're the editors of Film Comment. The Film Comment Letter is a free weekly digital newsletter featuring original film criticism and writing by Film Comment's editors and brilliant contributors. The letter delivers exclusive features, reviews, interviews, streaming picks, news, and more directly to subscribers' inboxes every Thursday before they're published on filmcomment.com the following Monday. Sign up today at filmcomment.com to get the letter every week. Support independent film journalism. Support Film Comment. It took me a while to get my actual personal connection because I'm a little bit like oh no I'm not, this is a good story yeah do you try to denial about a lot of things <laughs> I think that's a good state for a director because then you just <laughs> get into it later you analyze it do I think you, do you understand yeah. what I mean yeah I totally like that I don't I don't understand I try not to understand why I'm into something and just follow that and then after I'm like oh that's be and then I understand it later, but I try, I think, I don't think, I think yeah. you don't want to be self-conscious when you're working. You want to just get That's into that true. world. Right? I think it's a little bit like falling in love. You, you know, you're cherishing the, the love. Yeah. And you don't want to pick it apart. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a mystery to why you love a person or why you love a um, story. And yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like with, there was another project that you were thinking about doing that you didn't end up doing? Was it, did you just, do you, at some point you realize if you have a, connection to it or not have you ever done something and had to get out of it or done something that you felt like you shouldn't have because you weren't totally into it yeah i mean I, like early on i did it's very um important for me to, to try not to have those feelings i like to get them to material that yeah doesn't suit me yeah but you know yeah i've made there's a i think it's called after hours and it was a short film that i made um for the women's film unit and I had such a great idea for them to do, and they didn't like doing it because they wanted to do something with more like um, sexual abuse in it. And um, the story that I had was um, so poetic, and they, in order, they you know, decided that wasn't what they wanted to do. My idea was um, these uh, the seven working women, like you know, going to the funeral of one of their colleagues. Um, in a boat in Sydney Harbour, like they're going to scatter the ashes with the pimp in the boat, the whole scene all dressed in black, you know. Yeah. And then just the sort of arguments and the discussions that came up out of that situation. That sounds cool. I know. It's all right. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't get it. Don't they know you're in a chain <laughs> camp, yeah? Like, you should do it. 
Yeah. Um, do so want. anyway, I ended up doing this one, which was sort of like more. I think the themes were too obvious for me. I didn't like them yeah. because of that. Like you know, what's what's there to know? Sexual abuse is bad. Yeah. 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 It wasn't. You yeah. knew that it wasn't. Yeah. Know, I just yeah. sort of. I kept thinking like. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good a good <laughs> well, sign. Not to, yeah, the sign. I mean, it, you know, the film was like people liked it. It won the competition yeah. or whatever. But yeah, it was a lesson to me. You know. Yeah. And what I about you? I remember you talking about how you did maybe a commercial or something. And I remember you writing to me saying like I I I did it for greed and I shouldn't have. Like you were aware of like <laughs> that. And I always remember that that I have to be really aware of why I'm, I'm doing yeah. something. That that was the one that we did together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, we all have those. Yeah, you know, they always come up with these like corny excuses. For yeah, being, like oh, this is female empowerment. You know, like it's an ANZ bank and these little girls giving out quotes. Uh, yeah, about can be how, corny. How, how bad the world is. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, oh, this is quite a good reason. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how Thanks. much you pay me? <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's fun to do the short things that you get to work with people and try that, things that, out but yeah. but yeah you have to be wait how did you meet tanya and have, have you guys been doing how long have you been doing films together her produ producer that seems to be yeah thanks yeah that's a uh, talk tanya sagechian who's just sitting here um also is the uh, yeah <laughs> i think <laughs> she's the producer of cold war um a beautiful film yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, is it the first? Is this the first of film? Love. Yeah. Is this the first film you've done together? It is. Actually, mm -hmm. we worked on Bright Star together in a way because, as Tanya famously says, she yanked it out of the rubbish bin on mm -hmm. BFI. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, sure, it wasn't actually in the bin, Tanya. And she mm -hmm. says, but you saw us. in the bin. And, and anyway, mm -hmm. she championed that film into existence. Oh. Um, and I didn't realize that till, till later. So it was, you know, thanks to her that that film happened and then she came onto the set and, and a few times and you know, there's a wild gypsy-looking woman there. And she even came on her birthday, which is like a really super weird thing oh, wow. to do. So, I mean... <laughs> did you did you bring... Did you say, I love this book, help me figure it out? And well, it was like... Um, first of all, we became friends. Like, yeah. I, I invited her to come to my house and, you know, what well, she says, I just invited her to Sydney for Christmas. She, she didn't know whether I meant come to my house you know just like come to Sydney. yeah <laughs> but I did think come to my house and um so we we that was the beginning and we did a lot of funny things together as we got to know each other because we were both quite weird and I took her on these walking trips that <laughs> she's not into walking I love walking but she wouldn't she were, she would, wouldn't say anything like would walk for 20 minutes and then she'd do this thing like I can't go on <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I just can't go on. I can't go on another step. And I said, well, we have to get back. <laughs> but she did go on. And um, we. I think it's like one of the things that I find so important is it can be such a lonely process yeah. working on a film. It doesn't have to be. And if you can um, – so I know that. And it's fun to so do. So I don't want to do it in that environment. And I, you know, like – I want a producer that's with me every day, if possible, or on the phone, yeah. or you know, as much as possible, sharing the you're interest and in the excitement, and um, and and having fun together. Yeah, that makes and, sense. and also another brain. I mean, Tanya um, also worked on Crown, um, in the first series of it, like working with Peter Morgan 
on you know how to structure that and you know the like, crown. So she's really great with script and oh stuff like that cool. too and it's incredibly helpful so um, as you were working on the script, the script you were yeah. um, really showing did. her really no <laughs> but i think yeah. i think it's so helpful to have someone that you can bounce ideas off and you're writing and is oh my god is tanya the first person that you're showing parts to and talking it through totally with. totally and that's mm -hmm. sort of like a big trust relationship yeah it's quite um quite full-on yeah and yeah yeah i feel like that's so important to have I, I how do you super important, yeah how yeah. do you deal with um all the self-doubt and that come up as a self-doubt <laughs> all writers i just well just like i said i feel like often like oh what a useless director you know what i often feel like oh, what a useless director at the end of the day i think like why did they do that no. you know why did i forget that like, no do you ever feel yeah. like that like oh my god yeah i, I think i just try to get through it and somehow yeah it together, I, but I, I don't feel the cheerleaders are important great or very good and you know filmmaking is about making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake because you know basically yeah. you do many takes to get yeah. a chink, you know, yeah, it's true. Or something good. So mostly you're failing. <laughs> do they? That makes me feel better. So do, get used to it. Right? Yeah, that's true. Do you? But do you feel at the end like that your movie is what you set out to make ever, <laughs> or turns into something else? I think it turns into something else. Mm -hmm. But there, you know, the dreaming of it, um, the dreaming into it is like the marinating yourself and and all the material as much as possible, and your dream hope for it. And then circumstance and the weather, the actors, everybody who contributes to the project um, take over and, and influence yeah. um, what, what in the end happens. And that's, I think, the magical alchemy of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the actors were so incredible. And you talked a little bit about how you rehearsed with them and that, that you've had them take dance lessons, the brothers. What, how long will you tell us about that, how long you rehearsed for and... And um, and it, yeah, I mean, it's such I, a cool I, it's, idea it's, it's about them. Interesting thing. I do, do you rehearse by the way? Um, yeah, I, I do, but more like doing improv stuff and just having them spend time together, like a family or whatever. It's, yeah, well, I, I actually love, copied your dad. Oh yeah, well that's me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, but I learned that I learned that from him, and yeah. like to have the family actually make a meal together yeah, and, and just make exactly these memories. So, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's that three sixty degrees sort of immersion feeling, like that they yeah. feel safe and confident uh, to be that character. Yeah, and I like in they do ordinary it. ways, like not to have to always do something, you know, amazeballs. Yeah, and I like <laughs> the idea that they that the actors make memories for the characters in the body yeah it's so yeah. helpful to i think a lot of the work is like creating circumstances and improvisations where they are able to make body memories that will yeah. help them. obviously that's their job too to yeah but to, I, to do it themselves but i love that you had the brothers do a waltz last i know it's sort of like you feel like oh what are they going to say like we don't want to waltz together or you know mm. like, that you just go like oh now we're going to do the uh yeah, that's so, the dance, and they have to uh, trust each other in a way. Yeah. Here's the choreography has come all the way to do this. Yeah. So. <laughs> did, you, did you do any other? That's such a, a yeah, good they, far yeah, yeah, they love doing that. And it was so moving watching them take it really seriously because mm. I think when people arrive in rehearsal, it's um, very exposing for them and they're anxious. Yeah. Like, think, oh, I could probably still lose a job. Yeah, yeah, the pressure's on. Starts pressure's on, on them, them. Yeah. and, you know, I like I liked people to feel that I've got, you know, really deep trust in their process because I don't expect them to be there immediately. And yeah, I've come to, you know, see that time and time again. It, it is a process and that people take their 
take time to to find themselves in the space. And obviously you've chosen them because you've seen them do lots of amazing things. Yeah. Did you, when you're writing it, do you picture actors in your mind? Not really, I have to say. You, do you do that? Or, or you I do. do. I find it helpful. Yeah. And then I always end up, or, yeah. or someone I know, there's a quality that reminds me of someone I think yeah. of them. Well, I had the book there, so it yeah. was a bit different, you know. Yeah, and did you have to, to take a lot out of the book? It seemed like there was so much with those Yeah, I did have to take it. We, we, we took all the backstory out and just thought... Bronco okay. Henry. Was Bronco yeah. Henry a character in the book? He was almost like a ghost in the book as well. Like there, there were stories um, told about him, but um, they were retrospectively placed. So he was... You know, in the in the book, he died in a kind of a stampede situation in the cattle yards, and I always had it in mind, in my imagination, that um, he was really in love with Phil. And um, you know, when it's an awkward love affair and you're not sure the other person is returning the love, um, it really scatters your brain. Yeah. So that he was like discombobulated because you know. I would imagine that Phil could be quite hot and cold yeah, <laughs> as a lover and that, um, yeah, that he didn't have his wits about him and that's how he came to be. Oh. I mean, that's just my story, yeah, but, but I uh, used that one. That's how he came to die. Um, yeah. So much more. Yeah. There's so but much I also more. really told myself that they had a very hot, sexy, beautiful time together. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, it was, I, oh, I love the scarf scene. Yeah, like that. That, that they really, you know, when you um, when when the sexual feeling comes up or sexual urge comes up in relation to some somebody or something, you know, it it feels so natural that it must be good, right? And if it's returned, it must be. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. they would know, even though um, you know, homosexuality at the time was thought of as. Um, perverse and perverted and you know sodomy was illegal but they would know that that felt so fucking good that um whatever anyone else felt it, it was right, they had a it was true and connection. it was great and you know they had to hide it in that moment even the secrecy around it would make it even sexier i think yeah yeah <laughs> and did, did jesse's character know what was go going on in the in the book uh yeah we sometimes yeah. talk to jesse about that jesse's character in the book didn't seem to know uh, they, they, he seemed to think they had a special connection. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, at the beginning, if it was like a mentor. Sort of did, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't think Jesse's character is, I mean, it's so cute. He makes his one great move, you know. Yeah. And he gets his woman. Yeah, that was so. Um, and so touching. It was really and, touching. And, and great to move away from Phil finally and have his own life. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that they Yeah, had that he strength. Like, yeah. I guess, you know, he'd spending his whole life moving to that moment where he didn't, he not, he didn't need Phil anymore. Yeah. Does, does the book have their childhood in it, or it does, and yeah. it's beautifully written. Yeah, yeah. But you had to. Yeah, it must have been a big editing process to. Yeah, I think we made did. some early, very big shape dis decisions. Did you just? Like some, we wouldn't go back. We wouldn't show Bronco Henry. Right. Um, physically, that we had to. I love how he's memory. The, yeah. yeah, a ghost, and that you find out bits yeah. as you go, and and the idea of having the different chapters was that how you wrote the script and. There, initially, it was like a seasonal story, like across one, you know, year. Right. But the seasons weren't very evident. Um, we didn't really want to sh draw attention to them because, you know, we weren't able to shoot across the whole year. Right. Um, so, 
I felt the need to actually um, have a breath, you know, and um, just came up with those uh, chapter breaks. Yeah. yeah. I, I, they were great. I, I love that, but I was wondering, yeah, how you how you decided to. It, well, yeah, I think it was influenced yeah. by the, that thought, and I mean, yeah, I was thinking at the time that Johnny Greenwood would have some great piece of music. Oh yeah, how did you? Um, I heard that you did the music by Zoom, like yeah. Remember, how did you choose the composer and um, and was that something? Well, I've always loved Johnny Greenwood's music, but I was, had you worked with him before? No, no, just admired him. I mean, you know, like I admire the hell out of him and everything that Paul Thomas Anderson does. Like he's my hero. So, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I feel, I feel like oh, I'm his best audience. You know, he's going to love what he does. <laughs> oh, oh, that's cool. But um, there was a piece uh, I was looking for Australian New Zealand composers first off because that was like part of our financing structure. Did you get finance help from the government? So we didn't get, it was like, call it soft money. It doesn't seem that soft to me. It's quite hard to get. Oh, really? <laughs> but it seems like they have, it seems like they have a more, more of a program than we Yeah, there's a little bit do. of a thing yeah. going. And anyway, you, you also then have to get all your crew from Australia and New Zealand because it was a co-production. So I, I was looking around and I was looking at the Australian Chamber Orchestra who are just freaking amazing with uh, Richard Tonietti. I don't know if there's anybody here that knows that group, but. They're incredible. And I was um, listening to a piece called Water and um, going like, oh, freaking hell, this is so genius. I, this, is, this, is, this is the musical voice for the film. And then I realised it was actually Johnny Greenwood working with them. Oh, no way. And that he, they had, yeah, he had done um, a whole se you know, season of work with them. And oh. then I went like, oh, Johnny Greenwood's just got to be my person. And so we sent the script and we got a concession to use him because, you know, like, was going like, oh, Michael Nyman and, you know, right. him and he wasn't doing Australian. I mean, I think that... I'm, Is Michael Nyman I'm not Australian? I'm like musical. I know that you live with the musician, so it's kind of really different. But there's only a few yeah. musicians I really get, you know? Yeah. Well, it is so different than we're visual people, yeah. but, um, but I always think it's fun, that part where you put the music on. I like on. that part. I like feeling yeah. really, really, like, you know, in their hands a little bit and... Yeah, I think I we talked talked about it at one of the screenings in the um, the process, which he really creates a palette of um, instruments, and it's a little bit like a, how a um, production designer might work. Yeah, that's how he goes. And does he give you different pieces, and then in the edit you figure out where to put them, or does yeah, he? Yeah, he gives you. He makes it. He first of all discusses. Gives you a bin of stuff. Discusses <laughs> like the palette, like instrumentally what he's thinking yeah that's very abstract to me like i yeah. i know what i like but it's to describe the sound well i didn't it. really you know he'd yeah. just, you know he'd say horns and i go oh, yeah good sounds good <laughs> yeah <laughs> and violas will actually do know what they are so um so I had a friend that played it <laughs> um and then there was a mechanical piano which is like a, a very unusual thing that was how was it done digitally created or something like, like played so fast you couldn't really really work out what it was and he wanted to play with that and I, I look honestly I just went like you should do whatever you want Johnny and you know thank that's, you that's, and, yeah. um, it's the best to have someone that you yeah, admire and, and trust and just he created a suite of different pieces like about 30 or 4 wow. 30, and then you guys would try them as you were yeah that's right we just tried them and then they became like really linked in and um, embedded in it I and mean, it's really horrible that you use tent music you know yeah just something goes on that where you sort of fall in love with the way a piece of music yeah. hits all sorts of little 
moments in the story, visual storytelling, and it's so hard to um, have it wrenched away later. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the worst. Your whole brain is sort of it's gotten too it's gotten too tight in with it. Yeah. yeah. So it was um, super nice to work with. You had it during the edit. Yeah. Because I've never done, because there are some composers that they, then they, at the final movie, they put the music on, which seems like I've never done it that way. But I did it um, once that way with Portrait of a Lady because yeah. Michael Mann in the end didn't do it, but um, he hadn't done the suite of stuff or anything as well. And um, that, that was um, Wojciech Kieler, um, who actually did your dad's um, film Dracula. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a, he's a fantastic Polish composer, oh. and um, he he is really kind of genius, and it did work because of that. It was a different way of yeah after the fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nerve wracking, but we came up with the goods. Yeah, that's cool. I wanted to ask, but will someone let us know when we're supposed to switch to? Are we keep talking? <laughs> Oh, we should go to questions. And I'm just curious because you've done TV and film and, I, and I've and never done TV. And I wonder, people are saying it's kind of blending together with lengths of things. So I was curious, is there a difference or it depends on how you, like, can you can you do something just like a long movie or once you're doing it in TV, does it become a different thing? Um, well, we were just chatting about that before yeah. a tiny bit, but um you know, so it's so obvious to me that everything ends up online anyway, you know, one way yeah. or another. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of about the length then and, you know, the, the storytelling potential that I think you get out of series, which is really fun. But do you approach them the same way or it's a different? I think yeah. I, you know, like I definitely feel like in series you can be a lot wilder <laughs> um, than you can. For some reason the, the feature culture is more conservative. But in the um, series culture, uh, you're saying very crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and since I'm a little bit crazy, that that was a really nice opportunity to to play yeah. in that field. And also, you know, like I, I actually love um, murder mystery stories and all that sort of stuff too. So it's fun to play with that and, um, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, try out lots of different scenes. So that yeah. was... What I enjoyed about the series, what I didn't like about it was so much flipping work, you know. It <laughs> <laughs> seems tight. Did you direct Endless. all of them? No, I didn't oh. direct them all. I mean, yeah. I, I'm a great believer in collaboration. And yeah. so I collaborated on the writing with um, Jared Lee and um, collaborated on the directing on both series with um, Garth Davison one and um, Ira Klein on the other. And they're both like fabulous filmmakers who I learned heaps from. Oh, yeah, that's cool. But it does seem like a big undertaking. It is a big yeah. undertaking. I mean, I, people that do like eight hours themselves and, and yeah. even the writing themselves, like, they're just dead at the end. Like, yeah. I tell you, it's like, I think it kills something off and then it takes them a few <laughs> years to, to get over. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. But Wait, I'm, I'm kind of really clever about that. I just, I just, I didn't like to hurt myself. Yeah. Way. Wait, is there any way that you protect your, like your, your spirit when you have to, deal with like financing and the business side and also being an art sensitive artist is there how much do you get involved <laughs> in that part or is there anything it's really hard not to get involved somewhere yeah. you know so um you send tanya, tanya out then tanya's going to get the money yeah <laughs> but you get you're involved with you have to everything you, know, the, yeah. you have to turn up so they can see you're not yeah. demented yet and <laughs> <laughs> that's true you can, the, 
that they can trust still put you. a conversation together. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Maybe not on <laughs> drugs or anything or whatever. But, oh, well, um, I wanted to ask you about, but but you know, to be honest about it, it um, like I have the convenient personality that when I'm, um, you know, like I'm a bit of a Pollyanna, like a really hopeful. <laughs> That um, helps in filmmaking. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think things are going to go well, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's Which, good. Yeah, and um, and I'm really enthusiastic. The the time when I get really scared is like when you have to, you know, show it to people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's totally scary because. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're putting it out. Yeah, that is. And scary. you are putting it out before it's kind of finished to get feedback, and it's super yeah. important, I think. For all the filmmakers in the audience, um, oh, to, there any? to show it unfinished. Yeah, like to um, only one. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> fantastic. You know, I think it's just like to get to build those muscles to be able to um, hear feedback because it is a chance to fix it, right? Yeah, I feel like you feel it when you're in the room of what's That's working, true. what isn't. But um, it yeah. is it is hard to to hear feedback, but it's helpful. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right, though. The feedback itself isn't as important as the energy in the room that you can feel when it's lagging and yeah. people aren't um, with it. Were you able to show, have an audience while you were working on this in such a um, close-up? Well, we, um, Tanya watched a lot of the mm. cut and yeah. um, so did um, the other producers and, of course, the editor. And, you know, like we were really relying on each other yeah. mostly um, till we got till we got it to a certain point where it, you just felt the energy pick up and yeah. the tension in the story. It's like so, pulling a tennis shoe tight, you know? Yeah. The, the, well, it is so mysterious how they just movies sort of just come Suddenly, together at some yeah, point. And yeah. You, and you think like, well, yeah. could you pull it even tighter? The tension is so good and so uncomfortable and you really feel like you're there with them in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I just remember one time when we were watching it, um, you know, you just get it slowly tighter and together. Mm-hmm. And um, and you just I could feel my toes curling, you know. And so you go, oh, this is happening for me. Yeah, I hope it's happening for someone else. And yeah. I remember that you know the lights going up, we all went like, yeah, I think yeah. It's, <laughs> I think yeah, this it's is really, it. It's, 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 it's starting yeah. to happen. But you know, it's then really... then you go like, oh, now the front's too long. Now we have to go and fix that. Yeah, yeah. but there's a lot of that sort of stuff. But my editor's so great. He just like keeps it all really light and goes like, oh yeah, okay, we'll get a bit of stuff out of this. Don't worry about that. We'll oh, that's it. good. And do, yeah. do you know when you're done or is there is it hard to know when you're done? It's a really interesting question. I always feel like I do know when I'm done, but then sometimes other people tell me I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, oh, it could be done. better, you know? Yeah. What okay. about you? Uh, uh, I can't remember, but I think it's, yeah, it's hard. I, I asked friends like my friend Tamara Jenkins here um ask friends and look at it and yeah it's hard to know I mean, it's but the only I, moment I just, they can really be honest with you because once yeah. it's finished yeah I'm gonna say like oh it's pretty you, you can't go back shorter yeah yeah so no it's helpful to show people that you, and, that and you they trust. know that things can still be done to it at that point yeah so, you know yeah yeah but often the things that people say are like you know you it's actually something like you'd interpret it earlier that yeah. actually you have to be like a analyze what yeah, they're saying it diagnose doesn't, it doesn't know, mean what necessarily what they think yeah but yeah but you know that you've got some things that you can tweak that will make it make, make that effect yeah. yeah that is a way to interpret okay we're gonna take questions i just had a quick one about when you said you love those group of cowboys i loved the the gang of cowboys and i remember on top of the lake there was like a 
a band of like cool dudes. Like, is that something like, did you grow up with like a gang of cool guys? So you just like having cool dudes around. I went to old girls school. Okay. (laughs) I love, I love the cowboys swimming with their, their hats over them. They're so innocent (laughs) and they, you know, like, yeah. I mean, they were gorgeous guys anyway. And it's fun to have a, some cowboys well, like around. a Greek chorus, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like a very different energy to innocence yeah. to, you know, yeah. like they're just enjoying their life on the ranch, thinking it feels great. And, yeah. And, you know, just a little uncomfortable when they walk riding past them when they were yeah. swimming or whatever. Yeah, I, I love them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they were in the book as well. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. And it, I, I love that period. I mean, I just found these pictures of these cowboys from 1925 that really got me going with them and the big woolies, which are those sheepskin things that they wear and with actually yeah. striped jumpers on. So very they different than, cool. the, than the look that, you know, we traditionally think of yeah. you know, John Wayne movies. Yeah, I liked stuff. his fringe. And they look like mm. satyrs and, you know, like animals, yeah. half animals. And I think yeah. they're really cool. Yeah, they look cool. <laughs> it was, yeah, I never yeah. saw that. I loved his, yeah, the fringe. Okay, yeah. well, we will, um, I'll share Jane for, <laughs> but it's, Anyone has questions? Oh my god, that's so lovely. There was just two seasons and they were both six. So, oh, there might have been seven in America. Seven, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just such a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, for your party, I mean. <laughs> But, you know, and I'm so grateful that you, you enjoyed them like that. And I would love to see them go on to Netflix or, or, you know, like a online carrier that's a little more. more yeah, maybe. I don't know. They've got their own stuff, to, their own fish to fry. Yeah. But um, I, I would have loved it to be on something like Netflix where I think they'd have um, more presence. I'd love to, you know, I wish they'd go and buy them actually. And Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Maybe they're> well. <laughs> because I, I still think um, they haven't been seen that widely at all. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it, you know, I, I do love that so um, show. Yeah. But thank you. Um, right now, my the first thing I'm going to do is like a pop up film school. So uh, really? for free. Yeah. I really hate how, you know, how you talk about I'll the environment it. is yeah. like degraded, but I also think the educational. And, um, environment is degraded as well. Like when I went to film school, we were actually paid to go, not very much, but we were paid to go and it was free. And like, I'll join you at your like, pop up school. I want that for people now. You know, I really, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be there. I'll join you. Well, maybe we'll, you know, like I will try a pilot and then, you know, get you to do one and I'll come oh, join like, you because it won't like take you forever. No, not online, but. My idea is that you you, you do like um, you have you know say ten students and they come every oh, yeah. um, to get together every couple of months and they have like challenges so it's just like facilitating yeah. them finding their voice like projects that will help them you know yeah. find their voice and 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 That's do cool. things and you know I could I could see it being done in a lot of different ways but just. I just can't wait to start. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll t- You'd sign like me up. Yeah, yes. cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to teach. Yeah, but I mean, I'm working for free because yeah. I, I just want to give back now. That's a big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll join you. I, I don't know how to They'll teach. Don't get paid, but... I won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix can sponsor it. Well, yes, Netflix aren't sponsoring it. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Yeah, oh, thank you're you. doing it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, and, and yeah. New Zealand Film Commission are going to step up too. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I'll, yeah. T- I'll totally help if I can. Uh, Kate's just a legend, you know, as we know. She's a really amazing energy and a beauty. 
Um, I, I mean, there was. Did you a, first see her in Heavenly Creatures? Was that when you first saw her? Yeah, I think probably there. But she's um, she's a great actor. She's just a really really great actor. And you know, I think we're only still seeing the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. <laughs> Titanic uh, capacity of uh, <laughs> Kate Winslet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think she's extraordinary. Yeah. No, I, I, I love. I just didn't know there was a difference between you know, like if they were filling a frame, they're all like you know that, that big, right? <laughs> It was like just that naivety. I think I, you know, I didn't understand the different qualities of lenses really. And um, yeah, I mean, do we use a lot of wide shots? I mean, we often we'd shoot from a long way back, you know, well, to give ourselves a wide landscape. shot with a longer lens as well. Um, probably more what we did, right? Because yeah. like stacking up um, stuff in you know, in a big environment is, you know, like we did that a lot on the piano, like I learned from Stuart Dryberg about that. Like it's really hard to cut with um, wide shots when like everything's in focus um, in between shots. So like if you've got these long lenses, then you're picking out the people and it's much easier to cut between them. And, and Sounds good. No, yeah, okay. so, so, yeah. I love the of, last shot. Yeah, how you kind of tell the whole wrap up the whole story in that last shot was that designed to be the last shot? Yes, yeah. it was designed to be. That's that's one shot I could actually work out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was great. There was a few shots in that end section I just knew how to do. But the last one really yeah. is poetic. <laughs> I think you got it there. <laughs> Did you plan that? I think, you know, like, there was a couple of things happening there, wasn't it? It was summer. Um, and you talked about it, right? Yeah. Um, we definitely thought a lot about colour. That's one of the main things we spoke about. Really? Colour Nazis, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a year of talking about colour, what colours Like hating green. And then we ended up loving it. It was like weird. Yeah, we had <laughs> Like, but difficult with willow trees and grass. Yeah, but it's true that those scenes had a whole different yeah. feeling because everything else was Well, I think, I think what we ended up feeling like, this was a sacred place. This was a special safe zone where it was sort of lush and... Um, Not sort of the dry and, ranch. And private and opposite of the dry ranch. And it was, you know, like, it was watered. It, yeah. You know, it had, you know, the vitality of the river. And um, it and a, a sort of a beauty that, that you know that he could trust. Um, there was a you know like there was a little spot near a place um, that I live in Glenorchy that I was you know it was like a, I was mimicking it you know with that bigger area like I took some photos of it and it was just like you know the sun coming down onto it, the grass feeling so. Um, beautiful and secret and you know like I don't know as a teenager I was always looking for places to lie down and kiss boys you know <laughs> and so it was like you know finding a feeling. place like that you know like your parents are driving along and they're thinking I don't know what you think you're thinking <laughs> about but I'm looking out the window saying oh that's a good spot <laughs> <laughs> well actually it used to be that I used to pretend that I was riding my horse and that every time we come to a fence I'd go like, oh, over the jump you know Turned into like finding good spots for kissing. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, I had that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you.